to welcome everyone this evening, and if we have any guests this evening, we're happy to have you in service with us tonight. If you're watching us online, praise God. If you're watching us online, we welcome you as a part. I know we've got some folks that are a part of us that are home, not feeling well, watching Thoughts and prayers are with you as well. And uh, actually, we've got a, a service going on at College Park this evening and got some folks there. Praise God. Uh, they're, they're not getting into regular services yet, but opportunity for this evening. And so we're excited about what God is doing what God is going to do. Brother Ellenberger, would you, your, Brother Ellenberger, did your text say five guests? Glenn Bernie had five guests service this afternoon. Hey Amen. That's exciting. Great things are happening. Praise God. As I said earlier, supposed to be pulling out around 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, so appreciate your prayers for our travels. It was supposed to be my wife and my two boys, but in light of the last couple of days for my wife, she's going to be flying down tomorrow afternoon. I don't know if they knew that or not, but... So, uh, keep us in your prayers. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Beginning with verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, for, for this thorn, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You got to understand when Paul says there, I besought the Lord, that wasn't, that means it wasn't just a casual, half hearted prayer. It wasn't just a now I lay me down to sleep. It, it wasn't, you know, hey God, if you don't mind, I appreciate this. He, he, he got intense about it, he was passionate about it. And he did that three times that it might depart from him. And the Lord responded and said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, notice this, he goes from begging God to take it away in verse 8. To now, he says, I will glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure 
in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I think it would stand to reason that the opposite of that is true. When I am strong, or should I say, when I think I am strong, that then I am actually weak. I want to preach to you this evening for a little bit on this subject, in or through. In or through. God, I thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you for the spirit of worship that we have tapped into the liberty of your presence in this place. Thank you for this opportunity to join together to worship you. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts that would receive what you would say. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you and depend on you tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. I acknowledge, Lord, that without you I can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Amplified says, verse 9, this way. But he said to me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest. Yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. I will tell you where the direction for this message tonight came from. On Friday morning, Bishop and I went to pay a visit to Brother Ron Richards. He was now in the rehabilitation center next to, uh, for all of us old-timers, North Arundel. It's not North Arundel anymore, but I still can't keep up with the new name. And uh, Bishop, Bishop and I went there and went to visit. Brother Richards has had 11, I say 11, 11 strokes. She lost count. He says 11. And needless to say, he's struggling with different effects and things from that. And we sit there and we sat there and talked and he shared a lot, some things with Bishop for a while. And then Bishop shared some things with him. And I, I, I didn't use Matthew 5 and 16 as my text tonight, but... We're not done with salt and light, just a little bit different direction tonight. But I, I, I don't know if this has been told publicly or not. I, I heard it firsthand a couple of weeks ago from Brother Richards. I think I'd heard it from Sister Richards as well, but I heard Brother Richards tell 
Bishop this story on Friday. One of the last strokes, he had to have a speech therapist come in and help him. And in the midst of this young lady as his speech therapist there to try to help him, not being able to talk that well, he begins to ask her if she knows anything about the Holy Ghost. And it turned out she had a grandmother that was very familiar. I can't remember if the grandmother had the Holy Ghost or what exactly, but she had heard some things about it. And sitting there struggling to even be able to talk, he, he was being some salt and light. He said to that young lady, would you like to receive the Holy Ghost? She said she would. He said, I told her that I put out my hand and I told her, just put your head in my hand. When she leaned down and her head touched his hand, God filled her. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So I didn't come to preach about salt and light tonight, but that's salt and light. So we, we were, we were, we were wrapping up and, and, uh, Bishop said, let's, let's pray before we go. And we gathered around brother, brother Ron and began to pray. As I was, I was praying, I, I said these words because Bishop was encouraging him. I, 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 I got to tell you, you know, there, there's, there's names that people know and know the stories, but, but I'm, I'm going to tell you if, you, if you're not aware of it, Brother Ron Richards is a powerful man of God. I, I sat a couple of weeks ago on his front porch, and, and a couple of stories I'd already heard, he told them again. And I don't know about you, but there's some stories I could hear him told. Over and over and over. There's some stories I don't want to hear the first time. There's other stories I could hear over and over. And and I'm just I mean just some amazing things that God has has done through him. And and part of what was not trying to share sort of personal private moments, but that's what you do nowadays on social media. So there's a little dig there. Sorry. But Bishop had him encouraged, was encouraging him that his faith and his prayer life, his ability to pray and make a difference was no less than it has ever been. So we, we, we started to pray, and in just a few moments of praying, the words came out of my, my mouth, and I, and I just, I, I, I heard, it was kind of weird, I sort of heard myself saying, God, let your power be manifested through him. And and as soon as I said those words, I started to realize, wait a minute. You said, let his power be manifested through him, not in him. I've come to preach not to just brand new babes in Christ tonight. I've come to preach to a lot of seasoned people. You're going to have to make a decision in these last days. What are you more interested in? God's power being manifested in you or are you more interested in it being manifested through you? 
I almost thought about titling the message tonight, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But that's got to be one of the dumbest statements anybody's ever come up with. What good is it having your cake if you can't eat it? You're just going to walk around with your cake all the time because you got ha- you can't have your cake and eat it too. But I, I actually looked that up a little bit and found out a little bit better idea what it means. I still think it's stupid. What are you doing with your cake? Well, I got my cake. You're going to eat it? No, I can't have it and eat it too. Well, who's going to eat it? What in the world is a good cake good for if you can't eat it? That's about as dumb as blueberry scented candles. I'd be burning no candles that I can't eat and think it's something that I want to eat. I don't think we have any food candles burning in our house. If we do, I'm in trouble now. See, it's amazing in last year, last year, yeah, I think last year, Go Conference 2021, Brother, Brother Thompson taught on the Saturday morning, I think it was, about the parallel between natural birth and spiritual birth. And it really is amazing the parallels throughout life, naturally to our lives spiritually. And, 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 and very much like a natural child, you spend the first couple of years of your life when it's all about you. Everybody's trying, especially the first couple of months, everybody's trying to make you happy. Every, if all you got to do is whimper a little bit and everybody stops to figure out what is wrong. But the older you get, the less it becomes about you. What a tragic day it is when you begin to realize this is not all about me anymore. And the same thing has to happen in our spiritual development. You've got to reach the point that, you know what, this is no longer about what I can get out of this. It's no longer about me being benefited and me receiving everything I want to receive, but it's about finding out what does He want to do through me. And I'm not telling you you get beyond the point where God will do stuff in you, but you've got to make up your mind what is the priority. Is the priority for God to manifest His power in you so that your sickness goes away and your problems go away and all of your pressures go away? Or are you more interested in His power being manifested through you? Because if you're going to choose for His power to be manifested through you, there's going to be some things that he leaves in you. Paul said, I, I, I had this thorn. I don't know of anything in Scripture. I personally don't know of any place where it gives any kind of idea what the specific thorn Paul had was. I've heard a lot of different people that have their opinion and kind of state their opinion as if it's fact, but I don't know how you can do that. And, and, and personally, I think the reason that that is the case is because if the specific thorn was named, we'd have a tendency to limit the thorn to that. But the, 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 the principle we are supposed to glean from this is not what was the specific thorn that Paul had, but it's an understanding of a th- of the thorn and the fact that if you want God to be manifested through you, there's going to be some thorns in your life. 
And for the sake of your salvation, if His will is done, He's going to leave some things there. And if all you're about is getting His power manifested in you, you're going to get really fed up really quick. But oh, my friend, if you and I can make up our minds, the most important thing is not for me to get God to manifest His power in me, but I want God to be able to manifest His power through me. And if that means there's some thorns that I've got to live with, if that means there's some things that I've got to just get the grace that is sufficient to be able to deal with them, then I'm willing to accept that if that means that's what is necessary so that He can be manifested through me. Bishop has said it so many times, it's one thing for God to use you and it's one thing for God to save you and it's a whole different thing for God to use you and save you and I'm here to tell you tonight if God's going to use you to the degree he wants to use you and save you you're going to have to accept the fact I'm going to have some thorns that I'm going to have to live without live with and while I am believing for God's power to do something for everybody else I'm going to have to accept he may not do it for me We were in the car ride home and all of this was already kind of churning in my spirit and feeling not only was God talking to me, but beginning to feel it's what I was supposed to preach here this evening. And as we were riding uh, back to take my, my dad home, he said, he, he, he began to tell me, I've heard it before, but I, he, he began to tell the story again of sitting in Brother T.W. Barnes' office years ago. And he pulled off his eyeglasses. talked about how that God said, in essence, this is not quote, but in essence what God said to him was, I'm going to let you have to continue to need those things so that when you pray for others to get healed and you're still wearing your glasses, it's a reminder that it's not you. There's a whole nother aspect to that. It's one thing to tell God, tell people God will heal you when you don't have any pain. Or if God's already healed you of your pain. It's another thing when you're telling somebody what God can do for them, but you're suffering or you're dealing with that in your own life. It's one thing for you to tell somebody God can heal the chaos and the turmoil in your family while your family is dealing with some chaos. It's one thing for you to tell somebody God can bring peace to your mind. God can deliver you from anxiety and depression when you're dealing with it yourself. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if God's going to do what He wants to do through us, you're going to have to accept that it means He may not do everything in you. My grace, grace. Man, think of, just, just would you please think with me for a moment about the part of the concept of what, what, what is being said here? I got Is there anybody here tonight 
that can honestly say, you don't have anything in your life you're not praying about at some point, some regularity for God to fix or change. There may be a couple of you that you're there, but most of us aren't. Most of us have things that we've been praying about and praying about and praying about and praying about because surely it can't be the will of God for me to live under this burden, with this issue, with that trouble. With Paul, I want to use you. I'm going to use you. I've already used you. But for your soul's sake, You're going to have to suffer some. For your soul's sake. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, this is not intended to be a boast, but, and, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not doing it perfectly, but almost every single time we have church, we invite people to get prayer for needs. And if you're sick and if you've got pain in your body, I've been doing that for six or seven months now with a wife that, can't seem to get healed. What is your desire? You want it in you? Or do you want it through you? Because the bottom line is we're living in a world that they're not that much benefited by the power being just in you. And don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching here this evening about God never doing anything in you, never doing anything for you. That's not what I'm preaching. But I am preaching about what is our focus. What is it we're hungry for? Am I most hungry for God's power to be manifested in me so I can experience the benefits of His power? Or am I most interested in God's power being manifested through me so that others are benefited by God's power? Jesus is baptized of John, the end of one chapter, the next chapter it says straightway he's sent into the wilderness and most of you know the story, he goes and begins to fast and Satan shows up and there's three different things he's tempted with. The first one he says, take these stones and turn them into bread. You know what Jesus was being tempted with? Do you want the power in you? Or do you want it through you? Because all, if all you're interested in is it being in you, then turn the stones into bread. Go ahead. But there's a, there's a bigger purpose. There's a greater purpose here. And that's not you out in the wilderness by yourself turning some stones into bread. You don't need the power in you, you need the power through you. Because if Jesus would have given in to the desire to simply have the power in Him, there'd have been no cross. Because He had the power. He absolutely had the power to call angels down from heaven. And is that not what they challenged Him with? I, I, 
I'm starting to question, I've missed it tonight, or I'm not making sense, or something, because I'm pretty much getting all blank stares. Whew. Jesus, if anybody had the ability for the power to be manifested in him and benefit him, Jesus... But he understood the greater witness, the greater testimony is not for the power to be manifested in me. It's for the power to be manifested through me. For this, what, what if? I mean, have any, anybody, anybody got any unanswered prayers tonight? Anybody got any unanswered prayers? Gotcha. I get you one every several months. You know why? I can pretty much guarantee you. There may be a few exceptions, but I would pretty much guarantee you that the majority of you that just raised your hand that say you have unanswered prayers is because you have asked God to do something and He has not done it. And therefore, I have unanswered prayers. And until God does what I've asked Him to do, it will not be an answered prayer. So I actually believe that there are no unanswered prayers here tonight. I've used it before. I'll use it again tonight. Not so much anymore, but years ago when they were all smaller, younger, there were some questions that I was asked. There were some requests that were made to me that required no verbal response to give an answer. I'm not going to waste my breath to tell you at midnight, no, you can't have Red Bull. That never happened. I'm just using an example. Anybody ever had your kids ask you something and you just went? And they knew exactly what that meant. No. I realize you and I can't see God's face. But a bunch of you, if you could see his face, you'd know you don't have an unanswered prayer. Because he's going. He might even be going. Because no is a valid answer to prayer. Where did we ever get off thinking the only valid answer to my prayer so it could be considered an answered prayer is for God to do what I've asked Him to do? So some of you might want to start thinking, you know, I've asked God a few times. To do this or do that, take this away, give me this, fix that. 
and it's not happening. Maybe it's time for you to start thinking, I wonder. I'm going to tell you tonight, I hope and pray that migraines are not my wife's thorn. I mean that sincerely. I don't, we've, we've prayed, she's prayed, we've laid hands, others have, I don't know. I know one thing. There was an anointing on her tonight. She helped lead us into the presence of God. My flesh wants it manifested in me, Brother Spriggs. But I wonder if there's something deeper in me. It's not just interested in God's power being manifested in me. I want God to be manifested through me. And I don't want it to just be manifested through me and then I'm lost. So if I got to have some thorns, if I got to have some thorns so it can be manifested through me and I'm still saved, can I, can I be okay with that? Can you be okay with that? 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Woo, that's some good stuff, isn't it? It is. It really is some good stuff, but it's all a setup. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And this is not a trick question. Anybody feel like you're troubled on every side right now? Anybody feel like everywhere you turn is just trouble? Trouble in front, trouble behind, trouble on the left, trouble on the right. Could it be that God is behind all of that or at least allowing all of that because you've got some excellency of a power that is supposed to be manifested through you? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us. But life in you. Death worketh in us, but life is working in others. The power may not be doing in me what all it can do, but it might be doing it for those around me. Can I, can I be troubled on every side, but not be distressed? Can I be cast down, but not destroyed? Yes, 
Why? Because there's a power that I'm not just holding on to for my own benefit, for my own selfish reasons, but I've got a power that is flowing through me because the greater benefit is not just for it being in me, but it is for it being through me. Listen to the way, I think it's the Amplified, I believe, yes. Listen to the way the Amplified says it, verse 8. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. I think it pretty much always starts for every one of us with the power of God being manifested in us. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. It's now in you. But don't forget what it said. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not so that you can continue to take it all in for your own selfish benefit, but so that you can be a witness. And so while it's absolutely normal and a part of the process for it to start with it being in us, we've got to decide if I'm going to be willing to transition. I think, Brother Middleton Sr., I think... There's a few others that could probably confirm or disagree with this here. But I think it I I I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that I I, I really feel like saying ten thousand, so I'm gonna say ten thousand. People have received the Holy Ghost at Antioch in its fifty year history. It might be a little high. I am certain it's well over 5,000. And there was a couple of years alone where it was almost 3,000. Let's just, let's just say somewhere between five to 10,000 people. I'm not talking about other places around the world that have an impact and we've had an impact. Brother Brother Hemus said it again to me last week. Everything going on in, in Liverpool and in London, we, we have a connection with that. I'm talking about what's happened here at this church, whatever facility we were in, at Antioch. Five thousand plus people. And I really I realize we're only one of three congregations at Antioch, but between here and Antioch North services this evening, there's probably not even 400 people. That's thousands of people. Thousands of people. Why? You know, one of the basic reasons many of them aren't here. 
because they weren't willing to make the transition from his power being about being manifested in you to now being manifested through you. I'm the first to admit it's a wonderful thing when he manifests it in you. When he heals your body, when he blesses your finances, when he fixes your difficult your challenges and difficulties in your life. It's a wonderful thing. But like it or not, at some point he's going to begin the process of transitioning you to where the focus has got to change. From in me to through me. I, 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 it's kind of funny the people that want to be called on, want their names to be mentioned, they just prove to you. And the ones you call their names and mention, they, they, they hate it, they can't stand it. I'm pretty certain this one's about to be one of those. Sister Sister Evans, faithful to prayer here, ladies' prayer, but I am absolutely certain you spend a lot more time in prayer than what you spend here at this, this building. You've got physical needs, family needs, and you keep praying. Only way to do that is to make up your mind. It's not about in me. It's not about in me. I promise you if the first priority is about what He's doing in you, you will become disillusioned. You will get discouraged, disappointed, and eventually become disillusioned. Because at some point, He's not going to keep doing it in you to the level you want Him to do it. And I'm going to say it one more time at least. I'm not preaching tonight that God will never do anything for you. I'm talking about what your focus is. That the focus cannot always be what He's doing in you. But it's got to be the things that He is trying and wanting to do through you. Sorry. Sorry, Paul. Sorry. Not going to take it away. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. My grace is going to be sufficient. And I remember a couple weeks ago, you ever, you ever wonder how it is somebody's making it? I'm talking about a child of God. You ever wonder, you ever look at them going through something and think, man, I don't know how they're doing. I don't know how they're making it. You know why that's the case? Because you're not the one that's getting the grace. I remember a couple weeks ago, we we drove by the Breckenridge's house to, to to wave to William before his first surgery was scheduled. Drove off thinking, man, I don't know how Kevin and Katie are doing what they're doing the way they seem to be doing it. Because I'm not getting grace. 
for what they're going through. They're getting the grace they need. Whatever you're going through, God's given you the grace for what you need. And He's given you grace that is sufficient. Sufficient. You know what that means? He's given you enough. You don't get grace for tomorrow. You get enough for today. That's why he said, don't worry about tomorrow. One translation says it this way. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got its own troubles. You worried about today and tomorrow, you you know what you got to deal with today. You don't know what you're going to deal with tomorrow, but you're going to deal with something. So you're given grace that is sufficient for today. My grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Isn't it amazing how much time we spend trying to get strong enough so God can do something through us? And the stronger we somehow manage to get, the less qualified we become. Because it is when I am weak, that is when He is strong. Oh boy, I didn't get to preach to y'all last weekend. I won't be here next weekend. This is not the one I want to remember. Can he do it? Absolutely. Is there any sickness he can't heal? Any need he can't provide? Any, any situation he can't make a way for that? Absolutely. There's nothing impossible with God. All things are possible. I wonder how many of us are living, I wonder how many Christians, how many born again people are living so frustrated because the message we often get is, if you're not getting it, just got to pray a little harder. Fast a little bit more. Do we need to pray? Do we need to fast? Is that going to earn something from God? No. So what if the reason nothing's changing is because God's trying to tell you, my grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient because I don't want to just do what I can in you. There is a world that I want to do something through you. Your sister here, here tonight, she in here? out with one of the kids I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to call her name anyway Brother Gus's sister's been here for several months now came here because of some really bad circumstances she was in 
I got to tell you, I, I used to think all these stories that I hear about what pastors and their saints go through, I'm like, man, that's crazy. I'm tired of adding to the list of things that I've now interacted with. Dear God, I never dreamed in a million years to be somebody, a part of our church this morning, praying because their child was murdered. I didn't say that earlier. It wasn't a, wasn't a car accident. It wasn't just an accident. And some of you, just there's no way. As I said this morning at one point, it's, I, I don't mean this as a as a slur. I don't mean it as a dig towards you. It's I, I mean it. It's just the fact. Some of you have absolutely no clue. Some of the people sitting on this these seats, week after week, and what they're dealing with, what they're going through. I mean, we got people. There's people sitting in this place tonight that that they're they're living the kind of lives they make movies about. Gus's sister came here several months ago. And you did. I don't know about the rest of you, but knowing what she went through, and I'd have respected her if all she did was just simply come to church some. I'm going to try to say this very vaguely, very intentionally. But she's been in some circumstances where it would be so easy just to focus her attention on herself. And I don't know the count, but there's been, if I'm not mistaken, probably close to ten individuals that in the midst of some very difficult circumstances, she hasn't made her focus about just the power being in her. But she's made her focus about the power being manifested through her. I wonder what it is in your life tonight that God has planned and desired to do through you. The impact that God has intended for you to have on the kingdom. But the decision has got to be made. Am I willing if it means I've got to live with a thorn? If if God doing this through me and using me in that kind of a way means I've got to I got to live with a thorn or maybe it's different thorns at different times if that's what's necessary so that I can not only be used but I also can be saved am I are you are you willing are we only in this just just for whatever He'll do in us and for us? Or are we in it to find out what God can do 
through us. In essence, part of what Bishop said to Brother Richards on Friday is, what what if God never completely heals your body and completely restores you? But, But what if God decides that He can trust you to pray for others and heal them while you continue to suffer? I want to be used for as long as I can remember going back to my childhood. I prayed many different times, God used me, but I also want to be saved. I think about the only way that that's going to happen for you and I. There's got to be some things that they're always, they're always right there reminding us it's not about me. It's about Him. And the fact that He doesn't do for me what He can do doesn't mean I'm failing. Doesn't mean He's mad at me doesn't mean he's disappointed in me. In fact, it could simply mean that's how much he trusts me. Trust me enough that I'm going to leave this in your life so that I can do what I want to do through your life. Heads bowed, eyes closed, if you would, please. I'm not saying it rhetorically. I'm not saying it to be dramatic or whatever other proper term would be. I'm saying it because I believe it with all of my heart. There are people, many people in this sanctuary tonight that God has things planned for your life that are exceeding abundantly above what you have imagined to be possible. Are you hungry enough? Do you desire enough for God to do that through you that you can do like Paul did and say, I'm no longer praying for God to take this away. I'm now going to rejoice and glory in it because it's through this that He's manifested and it's through this that He's going to be able to use me but also for me to be saved. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to open this altar tonight to anyone that's willing to make that statement, that commitment tonight. God, I'm not just here for your power to be manifested in me. God, I don't do what I do just so that you'll work in my life for my benefit, for my sake. God, I'm here for you to work through me. I'm here, God, to be a vessel. That the excellency of the power is not of me, it's of you. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can you make it your prayer tonight? Whatever. Whatever it takes, God. Whatever it takes for you to be manifested through me. And I can still be saved. Whatever I've got to live with, whatever I've got to go through for you to be able to be manifested through me. Not in me, but through me. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing. Thank you for what you've done in me. I know what you can still do, but but I want you manifested through me. I want you manifested through me. I trust you for grace that is sufficient for whatever thorn you decide I need in my life. I trust you for grace that's sufficient. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give us the grace, God, to make the transition in our walk with you, that our focus is no longer what you'll do in us, what you'll do for us. What will you do through us? In the name of Jesus. 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 What's the Isaac? What's the Isaac that the Lord is asking you to put on the altar? What's the offering God's asking you for? Is there a price tag that you've placed on what you're willing or not willing to do? Can you say whatever? Are you willing for Him to change your dreams? 
Are you willing for Him to change your plans? If that's what it takes for Him to work through you, that's what it takes for Him to be manifested through you. Whatever, Lord, whatever it takes. I don't want to be a container of your power. I don't want to just be a container of your power. I want to be a conduit of your power. I want to be the channel you can flow through. Whatever, Lord, whatever it takes for you to use me, whatever it takes for me to be saved, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Whenever you need to go or want to go, you're, you're welcome to. Don't forget there's food available downstairs. The Holy Ghost is still talking to you. You're still in a spirit of prayer. Don't, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Let the Spirit do whatever it's trying to do. 
the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.